Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And you can text me at the dedicated texting line, 720 336 0897. And we'd love to have you on the air today. We'd love to see your texts come through, uh, talking about whatever's on your mind, praying together, seeking the Lord together. And that's what we do here. Welcome, everyone, on Hope FM. Welcome to everyone on Truth FM. Welcome to everyone, of course, on Grace FM and the various LP FM stations that you're listening on. Thank you uh, for joining us for investing your time. Not only uh, do you get to listen to quality Christian radio at this hour, but you're also kind of like in class, you know, where you get to learn uh, how to answer questions. You get to learn uh, what different things are on people's minds. You get to—it's like discipleship. Or as Pastor Chuck Smith said, uh, you know, Christian radio that's dedicated to teaching, like the one you're listening to, is like getting free seminary. And I know people would say, well, you know, Ed, that's not formal education, the radio. No, it's not formal education, but the power of Bible study cannot be underestimated. And I know that you—it's it's like a—I was reading recently, because I'm reading my devos right now in Mark, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, and, you know, in the New Living Translation, it, it brings out this fact that a farmer plants the seed and then waits. A crop doesn't come right away. And that's an important concept that I think some of you just need to be reminded of today because you're impatient with the progress that you're making as a believer. And you're about ready to bail. You know, you're like, no, nah, this isn't happening fast enough. Or, or as I've heard people say, uh, this doesn't work for me. Well, it's, it's not like a, you know, you're not going to a gymnasium. Uh, you're not going to the gym and working out. You know, you're not uh, dieting physically you're doing these things spiritually and christianity doesn't work out for someone christianity transforms someone and the transformation process is different for every single individual person the timing's different the progress is different uh, but the end product is the same and the end product that we're all headed toward is we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind and we're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so be patient. Don't give up so quickly on all that God is doing in your life. Be patient because God is doing a work. And what a blessing it is to be used of the Lord in these last days. Uh, what a blessing it is to know that he loves us and that he cares for us and that he is for us and not against us. 
So give me a call, 303-690-3000, Let's go right to the phone lines today. Line one is Brock calling from Brighton, Colorado. Brock, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you having me. What's going on, man? I just want to uh, ask you guys to say a prayer for myself and for my uh, my lost buddy's parents. Uh, I lost two of my best friends these past three years, um, mm. and their parents are really grieving right now and going through a difficult time. And uh, I just want to ask if you'll say a prayer to comfort um, my friends' parents, uh, Rod and Monica Fair and Paul Pepin and Pepin, if I would. Right. So let me, I got the first ones, but I didn't hear the second one. So it's Rod and Monica and who? Oh, you dropped off. Kelly and Paul. Oh. Kelly and Paul? Yeah. Yes, okay. sir. Father, I, I pray I pray for my brother Brock uh, as he, as he finds himself in a place of, of remembering um, these really uh, deep losses. Um, Lord, that you would comfort him. And as not only does he recognize his own personal losses, God, but he's lifting up to you, Rod and Monica and Paul and Kelly, um, that the anniversary of a loss is is a very difficult uh, time and a very hard time. And so I pray for your comfort. Your word says that you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations. And I pray that we would have the faith to believe that, Lord, and that you would use this loss um, in these families' lives in a way that would honor you and glorify you. Um, and I pray that you continue to um, develop uh, in in my brother Brock that heart to um, be available and minister to his friends, families, and um, even as he is now, just through the airwaves and through the power of prayer, remembering them before your throne room. Your word says that we can come to you at any time with any needs, and we can cast our care upon you because you care for us. And that's what we want to do. We want to be faithful, to be obedient in that. Be obedient in that area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brock, God bless you, man. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're taking your calls and your questions. This time last week, uh, we were all snowed out, and uh, we weren't in the offices. Um, but this week, it's just cold. No snow in Colorado here, at least in the metro area, but it's cold here. And so let's go down to Colorado Springs now. Heather's listening on 101.7 Grace FM in Colorado Springs. Heather, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, you're on the um, I am calling to re- uh, for a prayer request for uh, a friend that's also named Heather. Okay. Um, a few months ago, she like was in an ATV accident and she like fr- fractured something in her hip area, and then she sent me a text today and she slipped and fell on some ice yesterday and oh, no. fractured fractured her skull and dislocated her jaw. And she's in Minnesota, and I wish I could be there for her. And she doesn't have insurance or anything, so wow. um, just prayer that you know 
God will be with her and help her financially as well. And so. Okay, well, let's do that. Father, we pray for Heather as she um, faces tragedy after tragedy, God. And I'm, first of all, I'm thankful that he is, I'm thankful that he is, a, uh, that she has, um, is alive and has re- has survived these this accident with the ATV and accident with the slip and fall. And, and God, I pray that you would provide for her needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I pray, God, that you would um, bring great and quick healing to her body. And I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen, uh, strengthen her and even her friend Heather, Lord, wanting to be with her. I pray that you would work something out that might get them together. Uh, and strengthen them, Lord. And so I, I pray that you would, um, we, we lift Heather up to you and know that um, that you're the God that, that heals. You're Jehovah Rapha. And again, I'm thankful, God, that she survived these accidents as hard as they were and as difficult as they were. We're grateful she survived in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Keep us up to date. Okay. Will do. Okay. Have thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're heading off to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tony's there. Tony, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I got a question for you. I've been under some really good teaching, Bible, verse-by-verse, Calvary Chapel teaching. Yes. Um, for about 10 years now, and I'm really starting to feel a pull towards maybe doing a church plant or some type of Bible teaching, because I just, I enjoy teaching a lot. I've uh, taught at several men's missions down in Center City, Philadelphia, and a couple other places, and I just, when I do it, I feel complete. I feel like this is what I really want to be doing. And I guess the question I'm wondering is, I know the apostles didn't go to a theological seminar to start church plants and teaching, and do I need to have some type of accreditation or a degree or something to to do this in today's day and age? I mean, is it something that's recommended, or could I just literally start a Bible study in my home and just let it grow from there? Well, that's a great question, and it has a variety of different answers depending on the person. So let's start in a general sense. Is it required to have a degree or formal education to teach the Bible? The answer is no. Uh, you... You and I, we get to go forward with the gifting of God, the gift of teaching. Uh, we, we have God gifts the men and women that he wants to use in, in using them, and a degree, a formal degree, is not necessary. Um, that, that would be my story. Um, my personal story is I was saved at a Calvary Chapel uh, in Southern California. I served there uh, under the leadership uh, for eight years before I was sent out by my pastor to come here to Colorado and plant a church. And so... Um, I did that uh, without a degree uh, because, unfortunately, the way that I lived my life, I, ha- I, I did things backwards and wasn't able to go to school. And I felt like uh, stepping out to plant a church was more important than going to school. So that's a general answer. Uh, is education helpful? Yes. Would it be helpful to a church plant? Absolutely. Uh, would, would, it, would getting some kind of formal education, whether it's within the context of your church or it's in the context of a seminary or a school, would that be helpful? Yes. And so in order to really assess that, uh, and knowing that you're already in a a solid Calvary Chapel Bible teaching church, 
I would let the leadership know that I'm serving under, that that's a desire of mine, and see what they might be able to do to train you and prepare you to launch you off and then send you off. Uh, so, because what, what is needed is the calling of God. That's an sure. essential. Uh, what is needed is to have a, a knowledge of the Word of God, to be gifted with the gift, the gifting of pastor-teacher. And one thing that guys don't value as much as they should uh, is relationship. You, you want to be able to know that your, your home church is approving of this. Now, this is a little sticky because I don't think we need the approval of man in order to do a work of God, but I sure. do know this— if we're in a church and, and the church, the leadership doesn't approve of us planning a church, we should really investigate the reason why. Like, that's an important—that would be—like, like, again, I can speak for myself. When I was—when I was—when I believed God was calling me to launch off to plant a church, I made an appointment with my pastor to share with him the desire. If he would have said no, we would have not gone at that time. Okay. Uh, I would have asked him why. You know, what do I need? What is? It, what do you see that I don't see? Like, uh, I would have wanted him to help me because I don't think no would have been no forever. But I want to keep that relationship. Um, you know, I want, I want, and I still have that relationship to this day. That I want to be able to keep that relationship. But in a general sense, no, a degree is not necessary. Okay. I, my concern is I don't know if it would stumble others that I don't have that degree. You know who are who want to come or you know again I'm just my main focus is I want people to see Jesus I don't care if they ever remember my name I just want them to see Jesus and having been on mission trips in other countries and things I just I see the value in that and I just feel like that's where I'm being called I think that's a good there's a lot of wisdom in it. I think I'm going to set up a, a meeting with my pastor to see what his thoughts are and kind of just I think maybe launch important. off from there. And I think, you know, one of the things Pastor Jeff told us, too, is that, hey, if you really think you have the gift of teaching, then open up your home for a home Bible study. And I think you've already done this and and see if people come back, you know, see how people respond. I I can look back and see within a controlled environment uh, how God was taking me from leadership to leadership in my home church, preparing me uh, for what he had for me. You know, I had to learn oversight. I had to learn how to serve with my wife. I had to learn how to serve, uh, be a servant. I learned, I need, I needed to learn how to teach. I need, I had so much to learn and it was in the context of my home church that I learned those things. And then, you know, the last thing when you said, will it stumble people? Yes, it will stumble people. But believe me, brother, if you get into pastoral ministry, everything you do will stumble someone. Uh, <laughs> someone will have an opinion about it. And so what you want to do is stay above reproach. And, sure. you know, I ended up getting a degree. I have a degree hanging on my wall in my office at the church that says I have an associate's degree in biblical theology. I think I, I, think I got that degree uh, four, four, let me see, 14, 14 years after. After 14 years pastoring the church here in Colorado, I finally got some kind of a degree. But, you know, it doesn't make me any any more qualified than before I had it. It just shows that I disciplined myself in some studies. Um, and and I appreciate it. I, every class I've ever taken, um, every, every, every formal—I've even been praying about uh, stepping in to get a master's degree, um, only for the purposes of opening doors. I just sure. want to reach more people, not less people. But pastoring a church takes most of my time, so I want to devote that to my primary calling. And, uh, you know, 
Maybe one day I can do it. Maybe not. I don't know. Praise God. Cool. Thank you. You really steered me in the right direction. I think this is going to be the beginning of a neat journey. Yeah, let me know how it goes. I, I think that uh, you'll be very encouraged by the, the care of your pastors. Uh, definitely will. I'll keep you posted. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. Praise God. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. And, you know, I, I am a natural student. Um, I am a natural student. School. I'm one of those guys that school comes very easy for me, um, and I would love to, I, I I would love to go to school. <laughs> In many ways, it would be easier than pastoring, uh, but it's not what God's called me to do. Um, and I, but I have been praying. That's a good question. I have been praying about getting a master's degree that I could have more access in different avenues of training uh, people for ministry. So, who knows what the Lord has. 303-690-3000. Going up to northern Colorado, Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome Hello. to the program. Hello, sir. Uh, thank you so much for all that you do, uh, minister and pastoring. I have a kind of a dilemma I would love to get your opinion on. Uh, I've been involved in uh, ministry for over 43 years. The Lord turned me around when I was 18 years old from a life of addiction. and Just been walking with the Lord. But over the last five years... Uh, after my brother died, uh, very suddenly, God just took me through that grief journey, and I've been so much more uh, working, just a passionate to share the gospel and build up believers. Within that five-year span, over the last five years, though, I have never experienced spiritual warfare like I have in my own family. And what's happened is my one of my one of my kids, who's now up in the mid-30s, uh, has just gone in a strange direction. Almost looks like they're under the influencing of uh, spiritual warfare. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what to do. I just had a conversation today, and all the truth I ever share from God's Word, uh, she seems to think that I've, I'm twisting God's Word, and then I'm part of the enemy trying to attack her. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on what I can do? Because uh, my heart is there for my family to play. Well, it is a challenging thing that you're in. I mean, I think that we are always, you know, challenged when the Word of God is resisted. And I think of Jesus when he said that a prophet's without honor except in his own home, you know, that the yes. the, the the deepest challenges that a person, a believer, finds is often within his own family, and and so it's on. It's not, it's not unusual, and it's not unnatural. Even the family of Jesus came to him and called him in. That they they accused him of being insane, and wanted him to come home. Um, they didn't believe yeah. in him, and and many didn't believe in him until after his resurrection, and and so what you're going through is normal, uh, and it's it's unfortunate. As it is, it's still normal, and and that that's intended to just comfort you, so that you realize that you can do everything right and still have a negative response. Because we've been ingrained, like, hey, if I do right, I get good back. I do good, I get good back. If I do bad, I get bad back. But sometimes you do good and get bad back, and uh, right. sometimes <laughs> you do everything right and and it doesn't end the way that you want. And and I would say be be patient, be persistent. Be prayerful, be careful, and just know this is part of the package. 
and people that are holding on to their sin, uh, people that are... I was, uh, I was playing around with... Um, there was a dad with his daughter's uh, Sunday morning. They had just received a gift from a sweet sister in our church, and they're holding on to them. And, and I came, and I said, oh, let me see your gift. And they were showing the gift. It was a plastic bag filled with... Um, you know, a beanie and homemade beanie and homemade gloves. And so I'm in there. And then I said, well, you know, I didn't get one of these. Can one of you girls give me yours? And they said, no. And, and I finally, I, I was, I took the bag and I tried to take it from them, you know, goofing off with them. And the girl, she had supernatural strength. She was not going to let go of this bag. Um, she, the, the, and the more I pulled, the more she tightened. And uh-huh. eventually I had to play a trick on her. And then I, pulled it and and uh, we had a little fun with that but i found that i found that people that are living in sin hold on to that sin like they that those yeah. young girls were holding on to their and the more you try to take it the tighter their grip yeah and, yeah well and that's 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 the very essence of what i've witnessed because i thought this child was actually walking closer to the lord and all these things, and all of a sudden, a situation occurred where I came out and visited with her and asked her a question about whether she is living in sexual immorality before marriage, and I thought she was going to say no, and she said, well, yes, and then I said, do you think that's okay to do that, and she said, yeah, I'm an adult, and uh, so it's like it's in a whole different realm with uh, my own child, whom I love with all my heart, but yet she looks at me as a dad who uh, is tweaked in the wrong direction and that uh, I'm part of the enemy attacking her. That's not that case Well, I was reminded, too. I was reminded when you were were talking, um, Jesus said in Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, he said, who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. And there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual truth behind that, that the way that you're going to reach your daughter is, is through prayer. Prayer is the most yeah, powerful yeah. force on the planet. Yeah. And, and she knows the truth. She knows the truth because you've shared it with her. And now the strong man, you know, to take down this stronghold in her life, it's going to be through prayer and, and fasting Absolutely. and, and Absolutely. really laying her before the Lord. And that's going to be the emphasis and, of your ministry to her for a long time now. And I think, okay, that, and I've been doing that. I mean, I, every single day, that's part of my passion. I'm thinking maybe I need to step back from trying to just continue and pray that God would just touch her and nudge her. Uh, because she doesn't want anything to do with conversations with her. Right. Uh, and so I guess I should just release that to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I won't reach out to her anymore, and, and just pray that He will do something to touch her in a special and deep way. Well, and, and I think that there's something else to be added here, is is that if you do reach out to her, it would be to check her well-being. It would be to check in on her. It wouldn't always be to check in on her sin. Right, and right. Sometimes right. we get behind that where now, you know, if if she continues to hold fast to this and, 
you know, you, you're you're going to you're going to have to be in a place where you uphold righteousness in her life. But she's still a human being. And so just like a coworker, yes. just like someone you're just going to keep reaching out, say, hey, hey, how you doing? How's life praying for you uh, and see if God might open a door. Maybe she'll bring up the subject and then you'll be yeah. looking for that open door. But but she knows because you told her. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your encouragement. Uh, uh, it's been uh, quite an adventure, uh, but God is good. Yes. Well, I was reading recently too that in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Son of Man be, and the days of Noah were were radically corrupt and filled with sin and dark and dreary times of anti-God life. And so, as we anticipate the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can expect that things are going to get harder, not easier. Absolutely. And I love what you brought up when Jesus spoke about how in his own hometown is, is the, is the hardest. And that's the very exact thing that's happened. Uh, ministry outside my family has been, God has yeah. opened the door to, yes. to share the gospel and see people come to faith and, within my own families. Thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate it. And I love I love praying for you each day as well. So Lord Thank bless you. I receive you. it. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. 303-690-3000. Text me directly, 720-336-0897. Let's go over to Greeley, Colorado. Pablo is on the, on the line. Welcome to the program. Hello. Um, I need to ask for some prayer. Um, okay. My... My son was, uh, sorry, I'm a little choked up, but my son was diagnosed with epilepsy at four months old. Mm. Um, he had major, or major uh, brain surgery, and um, he's still having grand mal seizures. He just had one on Monday night. Mm. Uh, so we had to take him back in, and, and we're trying to stand strong in our faith and you know, and just know that, that everything happens for a reason, and if it's, I got a chance to preach to the you know, to give the message to um, the ambulance driver the other day. And um, it's like, Lord, if you're using this for whatever reason, you know, it's your will, not mine. And, yes. But at the same time, I'm, I'm I'm starting to struggle. I'm starting to, sure. uh, you know, my, my family looks to me for su- support, and I always turn to the Bible. And for me now, it's, today, it was really hard to even open my Bible. It's like, you know, like, you know, when the guy took his uh, son to Jesus and told him to help him with his unbelief, and that's kind of where I, what I feel right now. And, I just, I guess, I need prayer for myself, my family, and for my son Elijah. Let's do that now, Father. I pray for my friend Pablo as he wrestles with this new challenge in his family, and and there's nothing more challenging, God, I think, in our homes than when something happens to our kids. And and so I pray for little Elijah with what his body's doing and what's happening with his, uh, you know, what's happening with in his brain that's causing these seizures. I pray for your healing hand to be upon him, Lord. And as Pablo leads him, leads his family as a husband, as a dad, that you'd give him wisdom, even as he's battling and fighting these feelings of not, you know, not being good enough or not, not responding properly, that you would reveal to him your perfect will in his life, strengthening him and establishing him as he leads his home and loves his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, thank you. I Keep appreciate us up to date, brother. All right, man. I will. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, we're coming up on the break, first half break, so give me a call or text me. You can text me at 720-336-0897.
720-336-0897. That's for texting only or get us uh, open line on the air, 303-690-3000. And then I see a text that just came in for Ivan from Philadelphia. Hang out, Ivan, until we come back to the second half, and I will take your question first. And he texted me at 720-336-0897. You can get on the air that way, or you can call us at 303-690-3000. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, where Calvary Live originates on the Grace FM radio network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000, that's the number to dial. If you want to get on the air, if you want to text me, 720-336-0897. Ivan texted me from Philadelphia and wanted to know if there's a difference between being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost as commanded in Matthew 28 versus repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin in Acts 2.38. Now, Ivan, some people make a big deal about this because they've created a doctrine that's known Primarily, it's within the group, the Oneness Pentecostal group, uh, where they believe in a old uh, heretical teaching known as modalism, M-O-D-A-L-I-S-M, modalism. And the idea behind modalism is an unbiblical idea that God is one person and only shows up at one person at a time. And what they mean by that, I guess the best way to describe that is consider a man. Uh, A man, he can only be one thing at one time. So when he goes to work, he's a construction worker. When he comes home, he's a dad. Uh, When he goes on a date with his wife, he's a husband. But But he's never a husband, dad, or construction worker at the same time. So you kind of like think of it like he has a hat, and when he wants to be a construction worker, he puts a hat, the construction hat on. When he wants to be a dad, he takes the construction hat off and puts the dad hat on. And when he wants to be a husband, he takes the dad hat off and he puts the husband hat on. And that's a real simple way of describing modalism. And there are those that come to baptism and believe that you baptize in Jesus' name only. But the only difference between Matthew 28 and Acts 2.38 is that the Father and the Son are not mentioned in Acts chapter 2. Not that they're not intentional, in, intended, they're just not mentioned. Uh, and so the two verses are those two passages, and any other time that the baptism is mentioned, the method, when you baptize in the name of Jesus under the authority of Jesus, Acts 2.38 is not teaching an exclusivity that only Jesus' name and ignore the Father and the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's just simply recognizing that the baptism in Jesus' name 
uh, is the same baptism that Jesus is is describing in its fuller scope in Matthew 28. For example, if I said that I drove a green car to church, um, I'm not saying that I didn't drive a green car that's a Toyota that is a brand new 2000, what year are we in, 19. I just said I drove a green car. It didn't mean I, I didn't exclude Toyota or 2019 um, that I have a different car, you know, because like Sunday I told you, hey, I drove to church in a 2019 green Toyota. And then tonight I go, well, I drove to church in a, in a green Toyota. What's well, the same car? I'm just describing it differently. So I don't believe that the oneness Pentecostal is a doctrine that's biblical, uh, and it, it only matters to those people that make it matter, but the Bible doesn't make that distinction. 303-690-3000. Lines are full. Let's go back to Greeley, Colorado. Steve, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm okay. Okay, what's so I going just on? Quick, I just got a quick question. Um, so I, w- I, w- I would like to know uh, how, how do I go about prayer and worship? Okay, what do you mean by that? Like, what, what, what does that mean? To well, you? like, I like, I, like I, I don't know. Like, I guess I, my question is if, if I'm praying right or if I'm worshiping okay. right, is there a right or a wrong way? Well, yes and no. I mean, let's take it in simple terms. Um, is there a right or wrong way? Of course, there's wrong ways to do things. Like, there are wrong things to say. There are uh, worshiping with with bad motives or to get attention from people. So yeah, there are wrong ways to do things, but instead let's stay away from the wrong things and say it is good to talk to God. And so okay. let's start with prayer by you just simply talking to God. For example, you don't know me, we've never met personally, but you called a radio show and we're talking together right now. And okay. you're doing just fine. Could there be a wrong way to talk to me? Yeah, you could start cussing. You could start, I could click a button and I cut you off right away because there's a wrong way to talk. But for the most part, uh, we just have a conversation and it's the right way. Where, you know, even if, even if we disagreed or even if we didn't see eye to eye, it's good that we're talking to one another. And prayer is simply talking to God. Okay. And if you choose to talk to God, He'll sort out, as a believer in Jesus Christ, he will sort out in you if you're doing anything wrong. Like, so if you came, let's say you came tonight to our church service, we pray together as a church. So you would be in a group of two other people you never met before, and you could be like so worried that you do it wrong. Um, But you don't need to be worried that you do it wrong. Just open your mouth and talk to God. It's Okay. okay what you say and how you say it. And same with worship. You know, worship is more than music. Worship is how, you know, when you think of the word worship, it really means what do I value? What's important to me? Because I'm going to spend time with those people that are important to me. I'm going to value those things that are important to me. That's why you've heard people, I'm sure, described as, hey, man, they worship money. And it doesn't mean they're bowing down to money, right? It means it's very important to them. And it means the world to them. And when you worship God, you're just acknowledging that he means the world to you, that he's everything there is. And so you can worship him in song. You can worship him by giving of your tithes and offerings. You can worship him by serving him. You can worship him by reading the Bible. Like everything you do, the Bible says, you're supposed to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything you do could be part of worship. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, so can I ask you a question, Steve? Yes, sir. Is there something that you've done or somebody told you that you were doing wrong that made you ask this question? No, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an, uh, a new Christian, I guess you could okay. say. So really yes. never really, you know, like I do pray and I do worship. I was just wondering, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's, no, it's okay. I, it's those are good questions. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a on our website at Cal. Our our website is calvaryco.church, and mm-hmm. we have a little packet there that says <clears throat> how to know God. Um, right. And and I would encourage you to download that because that will help you grow in understanding worship, in understanding obedience, and what it means in these early days as a new believer. It's a really good packet, and it's completely free. All you need to do is print it out. Okay. All right, man. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Debbie in Aurora, Colorado. Debbie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my question is... Um, so the will that we have as human beings and the angels have that too, from what I, from what I understand, but the will, is that part of the, can't be, I know it's not the spirit, but it's it part of the, it's gotta be part of the soul or the flesh. No, the soul, the will well, you part have of the us, body. you know, you have the body, uh-huh. the soul and the spirit and the, right. the spirit gives us life to communicate with God. The, the right. soul get, is the eternal part of us, and our body is what animates that life force within us, like how we can communicate with one another. And mm-hmm. the Spirit gives us, gives us the ability to communicate with God, whereas the soul is that eternal part of us, like our consciousness, um, our very life. And Spirit gives us life toward God, because everyone has a soul, but their spirit's not alive, Right. Your spirit's right. alive when you're born again. So the will, right. the will is, I believe, part of our soul. I believe that it got it's a part of our being, and 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 it's a part of our creative nature, the ability to make a choice. Right. And, and when you when you compare us to the angels, I want you to remember that we're two different classes of created beings. Angels were created differently than humans. We see that all throughout the Bible, but the greatest distinction between angels and humans is that Jesus Christ came as a human being to die for the sins of human beings, right? The, right. the, the, mm-hmm. the sin that entered into the human race through Adam has been redeemed by the second Adam or the last Adam uh, who Jesus died. He didn't die for angels. That's one big distinction. Oh, Another yeah. big distinction is that angels, it seems, because that's all we have is the evidence from the Bible, it seems that angels were given a different free will than you and me, you and I. They were given oh, a free okay. will what they had one choice to make. And once they made it, it sealed their eternity. Oh, so they only had one choice? They, so we have a will that gets to have different choices all the time, whether we like we it or not. Well, I mean, I like it. 
I don't know that. Well, I mean, I, I like I, it, but I the like will gets in the <laughs> it gets in the way. But, it gets in the way sometimes. Well, and that that's you the know? beauty of that's the you know, and I think what it does getting in the way um, reminds us of our absolute necessity to lean upon the things of God. Um, right. But I guess when you look at it that way, I can see that yeah, it's it's too bad. But then if we if we didn't have that that ability to choose like that then we'd just be robots and that we wouldn't be True. able to experience love or we wouldn't be able to experience redemption. Uh, the, so the flip side of that is very positive because True. in order for us to really experience love, we have to be able to experience choice and the free choice of others too. Okay. So the, so let me, let me rephrase that. Oh, so you, so the angels only got, they only get to have one choice. I thought, okay, I, I was confused about, um, some of that when the yeah, will because I angels, thought, okay, they... once they chose, you know, those that went with Satan can't come back, and right, those right. that stayed with God will not choose to leave. They they were given one temptation with Lucifer, and that that we don't all we read of angels doing the will of the devil, the demonic mm-hmm. realm, or doing the will of the Father perfectly without right. variation. Right. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, that was my question. I was thinking last night about, okay, well, what part of us does the will, um, you know, because it can be kind of confusing when you really ponder on the flesh, the soul, and the spirit, and then you think, oh, well, what part of the will does that come into play with, you know? No, it's a good question. I mean, I think what, whatever part the—and and because it's a, there's a fine line between spirit and soul— uh, yeah. Some people don't even believe there is a difference. Some people believe that we're not trichotomies, that we're dichotomies. I believe we're a trichotomy. I believe body, soul, yeah. and spirit, because we've been created in the image of God, and the image of God is a triune God. But but right. some people don't even see that third option, and they would say the spirit and the soul are one, and that's where they would place will. Um, but I do know what, wherever God places will in our created being, he holds us 100% responsible for our decisions. Right. Right, but our soul, but, but our spirit is so separated from the soul because the soul is all the emotions and the feelings and the anger and all that, and the spirit is um, our, our um, in the spirit with God. So that's why I kind of look at it like, well, the will then doesn't have that part of that spirit link. I don't know. Am I saying that right? Well, Am I explaining you know, myself they, right? I do think. Yeah, I think you. I think you are explaining how you how you're processing this because you know somehow God has created us to interrelate and interconnect our soul, spirit, emotions, conscience, even decision making. Um, that that we make free oh, will true. decisions, and yet at the same time, God influences us, and He doesn't force us, but He certainly influences us. And and it is, is is able to arrange circumstances that can pull out a response from us, um, but right. they're so interrelated and interchangeable that it's very difficult sometimes to make to make the the distinction. Well, yes, Pastor Ed, you just made it more difficult. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think I'm, that I'm like I, I, I'm like oh my here, gosh. But this is what I like to do when I have when I have things that are hard for for me to understand or hard for me to explain, I just revert back to the things that are very clear. 
And mm-hmm. it's very clear in Thessalonians that we're body, soul, and spirit. It's very clear that the body is distinct from the soul. I think it's even clear that the soul is distinct from the spirit, but not everybody believes that. Um, right. You know, it, Paul, even in Acts chapter 23, talks about the conscience as being part of the mind that brings conviction in our hearts between right and wrong. Um, yeah. He, he speaks of how in Romans chapter 12, he talks about how we can change our minds and be um, and, and see our minds conformed and transformed. Um, and so however, however God put us together, we have material parts of us and also immaterial. It's pretty exciting. Yes, it gets, oh, yeah, it, it is. It's very, um, once you become a Christian and you come farther along in the Lord, then you get in farther into all that, all, all that. And then you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And, and I just like, I always, whenever, like Pastor Chuck taught us this, you know, when we come to things that we don't understand, we fall back on the things that we do understand, because then we won't be stuck in that conundrum of trying to figure out things that God has chosen not to reveal to us clearly yet. Right, right, that is true. Okay, well, I don't want to keep you too long so other people can have okay. their, their time. So thank you well, very thank much. thank you very much for calling. Okay, have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Hey, you know, this time last week it was snowing, it was dangerous, it was icy here, but this week it's not. Uh, so we have service tonight. I want to invite you out. We're going to finish the—we're on a fascinating study verse by verse through the book of Daniel. Uh, and that is our commitment at Calvary Church. Uh, Calvary chapels are known by their verse by verse expository teaching, and that's our commitment here. So we are in the book of Daniel on our Wednesday night service. We do have a midweek service because we have found that we need that midweek encouragement in the Word together. And on a Wednesday night, we come together for worship and song, Bible study. We pray together, and we also have communion together every Wednesday night. So I want to invite you out. Uh, Our Res Coffee is open downstairs now. Our remodel is almost complete. We've just got a few little touches that are needed uh, to finish up. And I want to invite you, come out to church. Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado is on Hampton, uh, near Biscay. And, uh, you know, basically, not near, it's the corner of Hampton and Biscay. I should say near Tower. So go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. And uh, we'll see you there. Uh, doors open around 6 o'clock. You come in for um, Res Coffee is a specialty coffee house. Uh, and so we have just upgraded all of our equipment, and uh, we feature Sonder Coffee, which is roasted right here in Colorado by a family in our church. They also have a coffee shop up on the north end of, of Aurora uh, that you can visit, Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. So come on out, hang out, serve, get connected, meet people, greet people, come together and be encouraged in God's Word. We're going to finish chapter 4. Line 3 is Carlos calling from Denver, Colorado. Carlos, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Um, I just wanted to ask for prayer for my mother. Uh, we recently lost okay. uh, our our grandmother um, yes. to cancer, and uh, just for God to uh, help us get over this loss, and just to give her... Uh, give her Give her patience and uh, give her strength and uh, give give her some of his wisdom so she can deal with all the issues uh, that popped up right after her death um, okay. with her will and all that that's going on. Um, yeah. And that'd be it. Okay. 
I do, I do have a heart for your mom going through that. It took me over two years to finish uh, with the will and everything of my parents, and so it was really challenging. And uh, it has a tendency to to do things in families too that that you never want to happen. So, Father, I pray for Carlos's mom. Um, I pray God that you would give her the wisdom and the strength to take care of the responsibilities that have been trusted to her, even in and on top of the grief and the sorrow that she's experiencing. I pray that you would comfort her and give her wisdom that she doesn't currently have on how to make decisions to honor her mom and the last wishes of her mom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I just received a text that says, my sister sent me a text that she married her lesbian partner after 30 years together. How should I respond as a Christian? Well, how you respond as a Christian is going to very much depend upon the relationship that you have with your sister. Um, I think that we so quickly are repulsed by sinful behavior that we forget that we're talking to our sister or we're talking to a friend, or we're talking to a human being. Now, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I cannot approve of a relationship like this. I cannot approve of it because God doesn't approve of it. It's not good. I can't, even, I can't approve of this relationship any more than I can approve of a bank robbery. It's not approved by God. But it's people that are behind the sin. And so... I could respond to to a person like this that I see that you've made a decision that I'm sure makes you happy. Um, and if you ever want to talk about it, I'd love to talk to you about it. Or, you know, finding ways to con- connect with your sister by not letting this sin be the only way that you relate to your sister. Um, I know that it's challenging and I know that it's kind of up, up, up front. And I, I'm sure that your sister's happy. I'm sure that your sister's satisfied. And I think that you need to be close enough because it's only a, a surface happiness. It's not an eternal happiness. And that if you can find ways to relate to your sister aside from this behavior, you're going to want to build bridges into her life. But I think if you just go after this, um, if you go after this particular sin and make it the point of your relationship, you're not going to go very far. And you want to go as far as you can with her because you want to keep the door open for her when she's hurting, when she's sad, when she's having hardship, where she asks for help. And you're one of the ones that she turns to when you ask for help. If my sister texts me and said that she married a lesbian, I don't think I could congratulate her directly. I don't think I could approve of her sin. But I certainly can encourage her um, I can relate to her. I could pick up the phone and call her and say, hey, what made you make this decision? And, and um, you know, I'm sure you're happy about it, you know, and have a conversation with her without, you know, if she put me on the spot, well, do you approve of it? Well, you know I don't approve of it. You know that, that this isn't the desire of God as he wrote in his word. And, you know, I would, uh, but I would let them invite me into their lives that way. I would let them. I would want them to invite me in their lives. And I want to admit to you that it's a challenging situation, but how do we respond as a Christian? We respond with love. When a woman that was caught in the midst of adultery was thrown into the midst of Jesus Christ, right in the middle, 
and everyone knew what sin she was involved in. She was openly accused. Jesus ministered to the woman. He ministered to the woman. And of course, the outcome with that woman was a good outcome. And I believe that with your sister, you minister to your sister. Uh, You encourage her as your sister. And I believe you can love her and encourage her without approving of sinful behavior, Um, just like any other sinful behavior. And I believe you can have a relationship with her without approving of her sinful lifestyle. And you'll just have to find out what those boundaries are. But like a woman that was caught in the midst of adultery, thrown in our midst, um, if, if we're overwhelmed by the reality of the situation, we'll forget to respond in love. And, and it's going to require a lot of prayer, a lot of surrender, uh, a lot of commitment to being led by the Holy Spirit. But you can do it. Um, you would have never texted if you didn't love and care for your sister. So I commend you on that. And, you know, maybe she wants to, maybe the partner wants to make a big deal, maybe wants to be condemning, maybe, you know, accuse you of being hate filled or whatever it might be. Just as you're walking in agape love, as you're walking in the newness of life, the Holy Spirit will lead you. I'm reminded of a different episode in the life of Jesus, too, where Jesus told his disciples that they would be brought before magistrates and rulers and they would be accused. You know, they would be in very difficult situations. And Jesus told them, Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give to you what you need to say when you need to. And so keep those lines of communication open with your sister and see where the Lord might lead you. Could it end in the worst-case scenario where she wants nothing to do with you? Yes. But let that be her choice, not in response to hypercritical, condemning language. Um, don't, you don't have to skirt around it. I'm sure she knows where you stand. So you can have a, a good adult conversation where you disagree and, you know, if she, na- if she says she's a Christian, obviously anyone that names the name of Christ and is living in re- unrepentant, rebellious sin, you have, we're to have nothing to do with the fruitful works of darkness, unfruitful workers of darkness. So, Father, I pray for this uh, person whose sister sent the text, and it's challenging. Uh, we're in more and more, um, we're in um, <clears throat> more and more challenging times with the way sin is being flaunted. And uh, you have uh, allowed us to be in situations where you will show yourself, um, you will show yourself strong. And it's not our logic and our reasoning, and we don't have to figure it out. We just need to be yielded to you, and you'll lead us and guide us. So help us, Lord. We need that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000, challenging stuff. We're going to go up to Windsor in uh, Windsor, Colorado. Bev is on line one. Bev, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, and amen. I loved your answer to that question. There Um, are more and more challenging days, aren't we? Amen, yes, yes. Um, My question is... um, er, in response to um, your earlier caller when you're talking about angels and, you know, them having the will and 
you know, they had one choice to make. Yes. So it prompted me to start thinking, so when and how did pride enter Satan's heart? You know, if there's no sin in heaven, how did pride enter his heart? Well, the Bible doesn't say exactly how it developed. Um, we only get the end result. Uh, we only get okay. the, the final picture of pride. We don't have what's developed. We don't have, you know, the if—so so here's, my, here's my theory. Here's my biblical theory. If Lucifer was given an option and a choice— Mm-hmm. then that choice would then be um, exercised at a particular time. And maybe the choice had something to do with s- submitting. Maybe maybe Lucifer was given the opportunity to submit to God or desire what God had, because that's really the root of his pride. He, right. it res- he, he responds to... Um, you know, I will be, I will be, I will be, and and his emphasis is upon himself. Perhaps that was the choice, and it's a similar choice that's given to us: will we follow God or not? Um, but he right. was in a different; he definitely was in a different state than you and I were when we came to the acknowledgement of where we were. But that's a great question. But I gotta go. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. Talking to the very end of the show. Thanks for joining me. Um, God bless you guys. Come out to church tonight. More information is available on our app or our church website, calvaryco.church. Appreciate uh, being a part of your life. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.